February 26th, 2022. This is FOMO's Mofo, a video game collecting podcast. Coming up on today's episode, the next Street Fighter is announced. A cult classic JRPG gets a sequel. And Valve unleashes its hybrid console. Welcome to FOMO's a Mofo, Episode 7, and I promise this one is not being done by Disney. <laughs> so it's not going to suck at least quite as much. Um, I am your host, Blue Swim, and it has been a busy, busy week for gaming. But before I get to everything that has been going on in collecting news, I would like to mention that we are live on Spreaker.com and on Spreaker's podcast player app, as well as streaming digitally on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Audible, iHeartRadio Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Deezer, Podcast Addict, Podchaser, and GeoSavant. Man, that's a lot to say on one breath. But um, we have a lot to talk about in collecting news, as well as stuff in new releases, including a new console from Valve, of all people, and a, uh, you know, next 10 out of 10, this is the best game of the generation type game, has hit store shelves, and last but not least will be pickups and impressions, and I actually have quite a few things to talk about. Uh, So that's a nice change of pace. But um, let's get the ball rolling on collecting news with Street Fighter VI. Now, one of my all-time favorite video game franchises is Street Fighter. I I am a hardcore fighting game fan. I mean, I'm not very good at them. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not Daigo or anything. But um, I've always enjoyed the Street Fighter games. You know, they were some of the big franchise, you know, one of the biggest franchises that really got me into gaming back in the 90s. You know, it was like that and Mario and, of course, WWF WrestleMania and stuff like that. But um, we have finally gotten a a teaser trailer for Street Fighter VI. And basically in the trailer you have uh, bearded old man Ryu uh, about to cross paths with um, a younger man in kind of like trendy clothes with USA on his gloves. And I'm like sitting here thinking, it's not like Ken's kid, is it? Um, not much else to go on. Uh, basically, you know, the trailer is just, you know, possibly using in-game assets. And it, it looks good, but it, they kept the Street Fighter 4 and 5 art style, and I was kind of hoping they'd change it up and maybe go like the uh, the anime route with it. Like with uh, like with Guilty Gear and uh, Dragon Ball Fighters and stuff like that, you know, I, I feel like you know combining that you know 3D anime look with like the art style of something like the uh, Street Fighter Alpha games would be really really neat. I'd love to see that, but now we are instead sticking with the uh, chunky beefy Street Fighter Five uh, caliber models, and there's not much else to go on. We have the uh, Street Fighter logo in a hexagon with a six spray painted on it, and people have just been losing their shit over it because it's it looks like some like eighty dollar piece of clip art and like the logo of a company or a, a retailer over in Korea, I want to say it was or Taiwan, something like that. And uh, <laughs> I mean, the logo is as cheap looking as it gets. Um, I'm pretty sure you could give me like 20 bucks and I'd probably design something even better than that. And that's not saying much. I can basically only draw stick figures, <laughs> but, um, no date on this. Uh, I don't know that they announced platforms. So it's probably going to be PlayStation five. Uh, I'm not sure if it's going to be exclusive, like with, uh, street fighter five was, um, but that's basically all we have to go on, and it just leaves you—it leaves me wondering, okay, who's going to make the cut for the roster? And that's always—it's it, kind of a stressful thing when you think about what characters are going to make it in, who's going to—who's going to, you know, end up on the cutting room floor. And it's like with Street Fighter Four, it's like 
I, I feel like they really did an amazing job with that roster. It's especially when I look back on it, because you had every you know just about every noteworthy character from all of the previous games in there and looking exactly like you'd expect them to look. And the handful of new characters that they added were actually halfway decent. Um, you know, in Street Fighter V, I, I, to be honest, I wasn't all that crazy about it. I, I played it a bit here and there. But uh, to be honest, it just didn't grab me the same way Street Fighter IV did. I mean, like I said on the last show, it's like I racked up like 95 hours with it just on the 3DS, for goodness sake. Um... But, you know, what we've seen so far of, you know, Street Fighter VI is interesting, if nothing else, but where it's actually going to go and, you know, literally and figuratively as far as consoles go, I mean, it's it's a big question mark, and, you know, it's just... It's just one of those things where I feel like we're probably not going to get, like, a whole ton of answers for another year or more. And it's just a tad bit on the frustrating side because I want I want to know everything now. I want to be playing it now. But something I will be able to play far sooner than Street Fighter VI is the Capcom Fighting Collection. And this is going to compile 10 of Capcom's, well, some of Capcom's best fighters. More like the uh, 2D, maybe a little, I don't think there's anything 3D in here. I don't think so. No, I guess not. Um, but basically, you know, we have 10 classic Capcom fighting games, including five different versions of Dark, uh, Darkstalkers. Let's see. Darkstalkers the Night Warriors. Night Warriors. Darkstar uh, Darkstalkers Revenge. I can't say that right. Vampire Hunter 2. Darkstalkers Revenge. Vampire Savior. The Lord of Vampire. 1 and 2. Hyper, fight or Hyper Street Fighter 2 tur uh, Turbo. Red, uh, Red Earth. I keep wanting to say Fighter. I got it fighting on the brain, I guess. Uh, Super Gem Fighters Mini Mix. There's Fighters again. And Super Puzzle Fighter 2 Turbo. And then one more, and that being Cyberbot's Full Metal Madness. And all of these games are going to be in one collection with rollback netcode and some quality of life improvements and changes and fixes and stuff like that. And surprisingly, this is actually getting a physical release in the U.S. in addition to a digital one. And it's just uh, going to have uh, 500 items in the gallery. They're going to have a gallery mode with it. And this is coming out on June 24th for only $39.99. Uh, that's, I mean, $39.99, it's kind of up there a bit, but you're getting 10 great games. You know, I mean, Super Puzzle Fighter 2 Turbo is, I mean, that's worth 15 bucks all by itself, at least. And... Um, you know, the fact that it's actually getting a physical release is a little bit surprising, because the last time they did the uh, the beat-em-ups collection, that was like 20 bucks, and it was uh, digital only in the U.S. You can find physical copies internationally, and I keep wanting to track that down, but it's just just one of those things where I really, you know, just have other things coming up that are, you know, grabbing at my attention a little bit more. And uh, quite frankly, I think I have a lot of the games that were included in that that beat em ups collection on the Capcom Classics collection, uh, volumes one and two back on the PS2. So I guess I just kind of put that one off and tucked it away in the back of my mind. Of course, I think it's on sale again for like 10 bucks or something like that. So I mean, that's really not bad. But um, it's good to see Cyberbot's Full Metal Madness get a re release because the last time that came out was. Uh, as a PS1 classic, an import PS1 classic on the PS3 and the Vita and the PSP. And I actually got it that way, and it's really, really good. It's kind of like a mech-based 2D fighting game, and it's, it's a little bit different. It's, it's kind of out there, but you've seen some characters in uh, Project X Zone 1 and 2, if I remember correctly. I, I mean, they've, they've had some cameos here and there, but... Um, that's always been like one of those kind of underappreciated fighting games. So for it to be hitting the switch, I, I guess technically again, because they have that uh, Capcom arcade. I, I can't remember what the exact name of it is, 
it was like a Capcom arcade collection where you can buy like three different packs of games for like 15 bucks a piece or buy it piecemeal for like a dollar 99 a game or something like that. So there's another way of getting getting that if that's all you want on this, but I don't know if that one has the uh the rollback net code and everything else that's going in to this and uh, there's going to be training modes for most of the games included as well. Um it, it's pretty exciting. I mean, I I like the idea that Darkstalkers is getting some more love cuz I mean, Capcom has just reluctantly done anything with that franchise. I mean, it's it's like if you get, you know, anything more than like Morgan in a fighting game or something like that, it's it's kind of like a special occasion. But um yeah, that's going to be out on June 24th and 39.99 at least physically. I'm not sure if it's going to be any cheaper digitally or not. Uh they'll probably keep that con- uh consistent, but uh, moving on, uh, Soul Hackers 2 was revealed, and this is one of those things where it's like, I've never played the original, but I recognize the name, and this is coming out for the PS4, the PS5, the Xbox One, the Series X and S, and on PC, no Switch, uh, which is a little bit surprising, but this is basically the sequel to uh, Devil Summoner Soul Hackers from, I think it was the PS1. And for some reason, I want to put you know, I want to put Shin Megami Tensei in front of that, but I don't think that's actually right. I think that was a different Devil Summoner uh, franchise. But um, basically, the long story short was the game was revealed through a two-minute and change trailer, and this one is going to star some sort of like an AI that is trying to prevent the end of the world. So it's like immediately, it's like when you hear stuff like that, it's like okay, that that's different, that's unusual. I'm I'm up for seeing where this goes. Atlas usually does really, really good uh, JRPGs. Uh, looks like the gameplay is probably going to be turn-based. But here's the surprising thing. This thing is actually coming out about six months from today. It's going to be out, out on uh, August 26th of 2022. So not a long wait on that. And um, like I said, I'm a little disappointed this isn't coming to Switch, but when you see the visuals for it, it, it kind of looks like it's punching way above what the Switch could probably do. At least comfortably. But you never know. Uh, let's see. Moving on, we have a couple of uh, physical announcements that have been made late, uh, recently, or some pre-sales going open, as is the case with um, the VGNY Soft physical release of Stellar Interface. And Cellular Interface is one of those things that's it's flown under my radar. I, I didn't even know it existed until I saw the tweet about it from uh, VGNYsoft on Twitter. And basically, this is like a smaller retro-style, like, roguelike meets shmup type game. And we're going to be talking a lot about shmups today. <laughs> and... um so basically, you have the standard edition that's coming out for this, uh, and it's available only through VGNY Soft. And there's also going to be a, um, a an elite version of it. And uh, let's see, it looks like the uh, physical cartridge includes all DLC and the Lost Galaxy expansion, all of it on cartridge, so that's a good thing. That's the good thing. That's the way we like it. Um, let's see, it's also going to have a 24-page booklet with it, a, certifi- a certificate of authenticity, a premium metallic effect cover, so I guess they're going to make it nice and shiny. Ooh, I-, I was I was torn on it there for 39 bucks or whatever, but when you said shiny cover, I'm just like, oh, in goes the hook. Gotta have it. <laughs> and um, let's see, and these are going to be individually numbered and they stress that this will never be reprinted. So uh, if you're, you know, someone that's played Stellar Interface and want to have it physically, uh, yeah, here's your opportunity to get it, and I'd jump uh, sooner rather than later. And looks like it's also going to include an exclusive uh, flyer and sticker based on Stellar Interface. Um, so, uh, give that one a look. There's only 4,000 of the Elite Edition that are going to be made. And like I said, I think that's like $39.99. I'm not sure. That, that, I think the Elite is $39.99. I didn't see the price on the Standard Edition. Um, I kept missing it. Um, 
I, I kept clicking on what I thought was going to take me to the standard edition. It took me to the elite one. I didn't have a chance to track it down because I got distracted getting stuff on my outline. But um, let's see. Next up, the uh, indie 2D horror fighting game uh, Omen of Sorrow is coming to Switch, PS5, and Steam. And the best part is it's getting a physical release from East Asia Soft. And basically, this is, as the uh, intro teased, this is like a horror meets 2D fighting game. It's it's like, it, it kind of looks like movie monster type stuff, you know, like the... Uh, yeah, you know, maybe a little bit on the cheesy, spooky '90s TV show type thing. Uh, but um, the, uh, the the new release is going to have revised story content and uh, online crossplay, online play, uh, multiplayer, excuse me, as well as new arcade endings and oh boy, here comes another name that's going to probably throw me for a loop. Uh, Ursabet. As I, I might have gotten that run right, um, in the main roster. So I guess they're adding, I guess, an extra character or maybe a DLC character with that. Uh, and there's going to be some more stuff as well. But the uh, standard edition is going to run you twenty nine ninety nine, and the um, let's see, the limited edition is going to be thirty four ninety nine on PS five and thirty nine ninety nine on Switch. And included with the limited edition is the game itself, obviously. Duh. Well, actually, I guess obviously isn't uh, necessarily the case anymore since so many limited editions seem to ship without the actual game in it. For God knows what reason. But anyways, it's got the uh, the game, the manual. Um, looks like a soundtrack. I'm not sure if that's a download or physically. It might be physical. Uh, as well as a numbered certificate. And that is all housed inside a uh, nice and tidy little collector's box. And if you are interested in the limited edition, there's only going to be 2,000 of them on the Switch and 1,000 on PS5. And the pre-orders for that went up on Thursday. So, um, yeah, you might want to jump na- jump on uh, Play Asia and get a pre-order in on that if you are thinking about it or want that game physically. God, there's been so much stuff announced this week. Goodness gracious. Including the next thing I have to talk about, that being the uh, Wonder Boy collection. And we've seen a couple of the Wonder Boy games on the Switch. They've been uh, like remasters or reboots or something like that. Remakes. Remakes. There, I'll get it right. Uh, I'll get it right eventually. And um, basically, this uh, Wonder Boy collection... Includes the retro versions of Wonder Boy, Wonder Boy Monster Land, Wonder Boy in Monster World, and Monster World 4. And these are going to be getting a physical release on the PS4 and the Switch. I did not see any pre-order info on Amazon or Best Buy. And I did not see a date on this yet. But the uh, the cover art is nice and colorful and... Uh, you know, I, I love that that modern Wonder Boy uh, art style to it. It's you know really polished to it. You know, it's really got some uh, nice use of colors in there. Um, but um, as far as any other details on it go, that's pretty much all I was able to find. <sighs> Next up on uh, limited run. We have Exus the Complete Collection, and these are uh, basically, it's a duo of uh, 3D Star Fox-style shmups, and, um, you know, they play like Star Fox or, or uh, Space Harrier, if you will, and I, I guess these are arcade titles at some point, because they look like they have that... Um, like turn of the millennium style Dreamcast era 3D uh, graphics to it, um, or at least the first one does, and the second one's maybe a little bit better. But um, these games are two of that I've just I flat out never heard of, and that's one of the things I love about doing this show. It's like I learn about stuff that I never otherwise would have even thought to check out. 
And uh, let's see, the pre-orders for that opened on Limited Run on February 22nd. And the uh, physical versions will be for uh, Switch and PS4, and they will run you $34.99, which is not too bad, actually, for uh, two games like that, because they actually looked really good in the trailers that I found. And last up on collecting news is Shadow Run or Shadow Man rather uh, remastered is getting a physical release also from Limited Run. And you remember I talked about that uh, two or three episodes ago. And basically, what you have is just like with uh, X Zeus, the uh, complete collection. This is going to run you thirty four ninety nine for the standard edition of it. And there's also going to be a limited edition for $64.99. That includes a double-sided 18x24 poster, official soundtrack, and this really nifty-looking turquoise blue, uh, non-functioning Nintendo 64 cartridge replica. And I, it's like, I, I saw that, and, and oh, and the box itself, I, I forgot to mention this, the box itself uh, is made to look like a Nintendo 64 game. Gotta love attention to detail like that. But, um, yeah, if you are curious about that game, uh, I, I think it came out uh, digitally about three weeks ago, I think it was, two or three weeks ago, and I think I think that was like 20 bucks, something like that. But if you want to have it physically, you now have an option on PS4 and on Switch. Moving on, let's talk about some new releases. And what do we have to talk about? We have new hardware and a new 10 out of 10 greatest game of the century type uh, scenario, but we will uh, start with the hardware. Valve has released the Steam Deck, at least to reviewers, um, and I guess the first round of pre-orders is starting to go out, and I think they're going to start going out in, like, waves in March or something like that. Um, and basically... The uh, the general consensus seems to be that this thing has far exceeded the expectations with it. And, of course, since this is using Steam, basically it's like a uh, portable Switch-style PC, if you will. And it's actually capable of some pretty close-to-PS4-caliber graphics, if not PS4-caliber graphics, just flat out. And uh, yesterday I watched the... Uh, the review that Digital Foundry put up on YouTube. It was like a half an hour long video. And I'll be honest, I don't keep up with PC gaming. I, you know, they'll use all sorts of terms in there that I don't quite understand. I don't keep up with. It's like I'm just more straightforward console gamer. Put game in thing, press power button, thing work. That's basically all, about all I can handle <laughs> when it comes to gaming anymore. Uh, but, I mean, it... it just apparently far exceeded what they were expecting out of it. And um, the graphics are very, very good from what I've seen. They were testing it with, um, I think it was Shadows of the Tomb Raider, uh, the uh, PC port of God of War, Forza Horizon 5? Is that it? Whatever the most recent Forza Horizon is. Uh, and that looked really, really good, too. Um uh, they were also testing uh, Horizon. I can't remember if it was Zero Dawn or... I, I guess it was Zero Dawn because I don't think the new one's come out on PC yet. Um, and it, I mean, it did a pretty solid job there for the most part. Um, it's going to be one of those things where because it's, you know, essentially emulating a PC of some sort, if you will... Uh, maybe emulating is not the right word for it, but basically since it is like a portable PC, you know, there's going to be compatibility issues and things you need to fiddle around with. They have a whole ton of uh, performance settings that you can adjust from one of the um, uh, UI uh, menus. And it's like, I'm looking at this and I'm thinking... I, I, I don't understand most of these features, and I'm thinking if I tried to get something working by adjusting anything, I'd probably screw something up for, like, every other game in my library. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, I mean, it it does look really, really good. Um, I'm not going to say it's going to, you know, 
defeat the Switch or outsell the Switch or anything, but I really do expect this to do very well. And it it seems like this is what Nintendo should be doing with their next home console. And I'm always worried with Nintendo because they always seem to unnecessarily reinvent the wheel. But, um, uh, you know, if... If the Switch follow-up is anything like what we're seeing with the Steam Deck, but maybe, you know, streamlined a bit for idiots like me that don't understand all this PC gaming shit, uh, then it it would probably be pretty good. But um, as far as the Steam Deck itself goes, I mean, the impressions have been generally very favorable. Uh, the battery life is one of those tricky things to measure because of like I said, the in-game performance settings that you can adjust for everything. And, you know, for example, they gave an example in uh, the Digital Foundry uh, video of getting about, I think it was like an hour and a half to two hours battery life for uh, God of War. Which, you know, that's not a lot of portable time. Let me tell you, I was getting more than that on my original Switch, and that was really feeling like that that uh that battery cage was going down rather quick you know but then again you can adjust the settings you can really get a lot of life out of it if you are playing something that's you know not as graphically intensive but um overall i mean it's it seems like a really solid handheld but it's one of these things where i think it's already sold out for God knows how many months. Uh, I don't know that it's sold out for the entire year or not. I, I hope not. I hope that's not the case. Um, but I think I felt like the pre-orders went live last year, and I felt like it's. I think it's already sold out for like first the first several runs of it. I could be wrong about that. It's like I tr- I try to keep my uh, ear to the ground on everything and. Some uh, some stuff kind of swirls around in my brain a little bit, but um, you know it's I want to say it's like about five to six hundred dollars, and um, yeah, that's that's a lot. That's oh, that's way up there, dude. Um, I mean, if it turns out really well, you know, if it becomes this revolution for PC gaming. I mean that that's gonna be really really good, um, but quite frankly, you know, it's gonna be one of those things where supply and demand is going to be an issue because I don't know how long it's gonna take for them to actually, you know, <laughs> satisfy everybody that actually wants to get their hands on this because look at how much trouble they're having with the PlayStation Five or Sony's rather, not not Valve, of course. But um, next up. In new releases, we have the uh, the big the big game of the week, that being Elden Ring, and this is a uh, Soulsborne, you know, Dark Souls, Demon Souls, uh, Bloodborne style game from From Software, and this was a collaboration with uh, George R R Martin, uh, working on the story and the lore for it. <coughs> Excuse me, and um, you know. I, whenever I see games like this, it's like I keep wanting to try them, and every time I do, I'm immediately reminded that this is like way too frustrating for me, and I just end up going back to something that's a little bit more laid back. But um, the reviews for this have just been incredible. Tons of 10s and 9.5s, and a lot of praise has been heaped on the open world and the visuals on it. I mean, it's a gorgeous, gorgeous game. But it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, it's going to beat the ever-loving hell out of you. And I just, you know, as time goes on, it's like, I'm not necessarily looking for a difficult, ex- <clears throat> excuse me, for a difficult experience. I'm looking for something that I can actually <laughs> start and finish without like having like a year or two in between or 13 in the case of Final Fantasy 10 on the PS2. Yeah, it literally took me 13 years to get through that thing cuz I screwed up my uh, sphere grid. I was stuck grinding for years, literal years. Well, off and on. I'm sure the actual hours was more like about eh, 10 hours, something like that. Whatever. 
But um, and if you are looking to pick it up, you can actually get it for about ten bucks cheaper if you uh, check out Walmart in stores. Apparently, they're going to have it for like forty nine on PS Four. I guess it is. I don't think it's on. I don't think it's on just PS Five. Could be wrong. But um, you know, it's you know, I was watching some gameplay on it, and it looks really, really good. But I just. It looks like one of those things where I think I'd enjoy it better from a distance than actually playing it, you know, because when somebody gets like a cheap death, like you come around a corner and something jumps you and you're like dead five seconds later, it's like, yay, you know, I'll, I'll tolerate that in a platformer, but, <laughs> but not in something like that. I, I want, I want a little bit of a, of a different experience out of my action games, but you know, it's hard to ignore those reviews, so I think when it drops a bit in price, I'll probably end up picking it up. <sighs> because, you know, I always like like to play the uh, the good stuff that comes out. It doesn't matter if it's on PS4, PS5, Switch, Xbox, whatever. Well, of course, I don't have an Xbox, but, you know, it's just more the Xbox brand and when I say that. But um, next up, we have Atelier Sophie 2, The Alchemist of the Mysterious Dream on Switch, PS4, and PC. And this has actually been reviewing really well. It's kind of a cutesy JRPG. And um, quite frankly, I uh, went ahead and pulled the trigger on it last night because Best Buy has a $10 e-gift card uh, with it. And basically, last year, I was trying to track down Atelier Ryza uh, for the Switch. And basically, that game got a limited print run and every time Amazon restocked, it sold out almost instantaneously. Like, Wario64 would tweet about it. And by the time you actually click the link, they were sold out. Because, I guess, scalper bots and whatever were really, uh, you know, snagging all of them before anybody else had, a, had the chance to. And it, it literally, it took me six months to actually get a copy of it on the Switch. And then it kept getting restocked maybe like once a week or once every two weeks, something like that. And it was just frustrating as hell. <laughs> so I, I learned from that, and I thought, you know, I know what's going to happen. I'm going to procrastinate on this, and eventually, when I finally think, you know what, maybe it's about time to pick up Atelier Sophie 2. It's starting to get a little bit rare, and that's, of course, when it's going to be like sold out and 120 bucks on eBay or something like that. So I'm just like, eh. Screw it. It's got a $10 card with it, so it's going to knock the price down essentially 10 bucks. you know, I guess when it all comes out in the in the end. So it's like, I'm already getting a good deal on it. I'm getting it day one. Why not? FOMO is a mofo. And that's why I host a show called FOMO's a mofo, because I deal with this shit all the time. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, let's see, another thing that came out recently was the Assassin's Creed, the Ezio collection on Switch, and this has actually been out on other consoles already, but the uh, Switch version is $39.99, and like with the previous Assassin's Creed collections, this one has one game on the cartridge and the rest are downloads, that being Assassin's Creed 2 on the card and Brotherhood and Revelations, I think there's some other content that goes along with that. Uh, that have to be downloaded. Um, let's see, next up, and this is another thing that just came out, uh, I think it was, I, I think it was actually, uh, Thursday as well, I think this went live, uh, a little bit early, and that being The Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask on the Nintendo 64 pro, uh, portion of Switch Online's Expansion Pass. And I talked about this about two weeks ago or so when the announcement was made, and, you know, Majora's Mask is not one of those games that I really have connected with all that well. I mean, it's like, I I get frustrated when there's like a, a you know, a looming countdown clock in, um, in like an open world game. I mean, it's like, hell, I get annoyed when I was like seeing like, oh, three days left on the water filter on my fridge. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's like, I don't want to hear like some, like you have three days left um, countdown timer going off. It's like, I don't, I don't need that pressure in my life. I don't need the stress. And of course this one has like some groundhogs today, 
or Groundhog's Day effect to it, where you kind of have to accomplish certain things and then wind back time, start all over again, keep it up, keep it up. Um, and it's just, it's never really connected with me the same way that Ocarina of Time did, but I know a lot of people out there really love that game. And having it on the uh, Nintendo 64 uh, for, through Switch Online is a great way uh, to play it, I guess, you know? Take it anywhere and play it anywhere. Of course, you could do that with the uh, 3DS as well. And actually, I have it on the 3DS. I got it on clearance at Walmart. I want to say back in 2020. Um, And, you know, I, I played it a little bit, but I just never got around to spending a little more time with it. And I, I really need to. I might, I might do that after the show, actually. I might gas up my 3DS and go to town on it. This last one that came out was um, kind of a surprise because it's because the first game just came out last year. I want to say like in the last three months or so. I want to say maybe October, something like that. And um, September or October. And it's uh, Voice of Cards, The Forsaken Maiden. And this is on the Switch. And Basically, this is the Square Enix... I guess it's kind of like a tabletop card game. And uh, quite frankly, I downloaded the demo when it came out. And I'll be damned if I have actually done anything with it. I mean, I I, I think I booted it up once and it's like, oh, this is going to be a long explanation. I'm... I shouldn't be doing this at 2 o'clock in the morning. I'm going to fall asleep. I'll just play it in the morning. And of course, I never did. But apparently this, uh, the Forsaken Maiden thing is actually like a sequel to it, to the first game. And I mean, when you're talking about, you know, game coming out in, I think it was like, like I said, I think it was like September or October. And then here we are at the end of uh, February and it's already getting a sequel or expand. I, I don't think it's an expansion. I think it's an actual sequel to it. Um, that's, that's a pretty interesting turnaround to it. And, um... You know, I think that actually garnered decent reviews and opinions on it. But um, just another one of those things where it's like I might have to boot that up after the show, too. But that will do it for the new releases that I made note of. And, of course, there's always way, way more. And I just I can't keep up with it all. I just I just got to cherry pick the good stuff. And, uh... Go from there. Moving on to pickups and impressions. And I actually picked up a couple of decent games this week. And the first one I will talk about is Immortals Phoenix Rising. And this is from Ubisoft. And I have been seeing this game ever since it came out. And it's kind of based on uh, Greek mythology, loosely, I'm assuming. And I, I haven't spent a ton of time with it. Maybe the, Maybe half an hour? So or so, give it give or take. Because again, I'm pl- I started playing it at two o'clock in the morning, and I start getting really, <laughs> really heavy. And um, but basically, uh, this finally dropped to the must-have price of like fifteen dollars. And uh, you remember previously, I mentioned I got a uh, one of the Best Buy ten dollars gift cards with uh, Dynasty Warriors Nine Empires. So basically, I ended up using it on that. So I basically had to come out of pocket five bucks to get this on Switch. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, sure. It's not going to get much better than that. <laughs> Why the hell not? And from what I've played of it, which, again, it's very, very limited, uh, it actually looks really good on the Switch, surprisingly good on the Switch. Um, and, of course, this is an action sci-fi type game, and... Let's see. I think I, I think when I left off with it, I had just got into the first, the first action scene with it, and I was fiddling around with the controls, and I kind of messed the controls up a bit because you can customize it from, you, you can customize it however you want, but by default, the light and heavy attack buttons are mapped to the shoulder buttons, the uh, ZL and or the ZR and regular R buttons. I'm like, yeah, no, that that's not how I like to play my action games. I, I like to use the face buttons for the uh, for the attacks. 
and um, I tried to map, you know, the light attack to Y and the heavy attack to X. At least I think that's right. God, I I, I can't keep track of where the X and Y buttons are on these controllers. But, <laughs> but um, you know, I tried to do that, and then it threw off the the mapping for some of the other buttons, and it was like it was giving me an error, like, oh, uh, this setup isn't right. It's going to cause some problems and be detrimental to your experience. You still want to continue. It's like, oh, hell, I messed something up. And then I reverted to default, and it still showed some uh, some issues with um, incompatibilities or something like that. And I'm like, oh, screw this. So I, so I closed the game out before I could auto-save my new controls. And I'm going to go back to it later. But um, what little I've played of it has looked really good. It's It really, really pops on the uh, Switch's OLED display. And, um, you know, I, I think it, at the uh, $15 to $20 price point, I, it, it's probably going to be well worth the money because I've heard, I've heard really good things about it. I played the demo last year and really enjoyed it. But... Um, yeah, fifteen bucks or five bucks out of pocket, I should say. Yeah, I mean that—that's—that's that's a deal and a half. I'll, I'll gladly jump on that one. And uh, next up, and we're going to talk about a couple of shmups. And by a couple of shmups, I mean we're going to talk about three shmups. And the first of which is Cotton Reboot, and this is a physical game on the Switch. It actually had a ESRB US release for it, and. This is a 2D side-scrolling shmup, kind of like Death Smiles. And it reminds me a lot about uh, Death Smiles, actually, because it's uh, it stars a witch who is... If I understood the storyline correctly, because I was watching TV at the same time, so I kind of thumbed through the, the storyline sequences just to get to the gameplay. But I, I think it's a witch motivated to save the world from darkness because candy <laughs> it's like like this fairy is offering her this like gigantic chunk of candy or something like that i that I, I could be wrong but i think it was candy and all she wants to do is eat it and of course in order for her to do that she's got to go on this crazy ass adventure and this release uh includes the uh x68000 I, I think that's the right the right name on it uh, version as well as a new remake with updated visuals and I didn't play a ton of it but what I did play I really enjoyed it's and I especially enjoyed the uh, the remake version of it surprisingly normally it's like oh the new version comes out and it's like eh, it's okay it's not not the greatest thing in the world and um, then I go back to the original and it's like oh yeah that's that's right that that's the way it should be but this was actually kind of the opposite for me. And, of course, I didn't spend a lot of time with either mode because it's it's a shmup. I didn't want to just breeze through it in five minutes after opening the box or whatever. But um, but uh, what I've played of it, I've, I've really liked. And this seemed like one of those games where it's like, you know, kind of like with Atelier Ariza uh, or uh, Atelier Sophie what uh, 2. You know, I felt like this is one of those games where it's like, by the time I actually decide, okay, you know what? I'm going to get around to picking this up. It's going to be sold out. I just, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. So I, I just, I went ahead and pulled the trigger on it. Amazon had a deal knocking like nine bucks off of it. So it ended up being like $31. It's like eh, a little more than I wanted to pay for it. But FOMO's a mofo and I've learned that the hard way. And, um... The next on the uh, shmup trio that I picked up this week was Raiden 4X Mikado Remix. And this is basically a um, a vertical scrolling shmup. And it's basically like a music remixed version of uh, Raiden 4 Overkill on PS3 and 360, I want to say. I have it on PS3. I'm not sure if it was available on 360 or not. But, um, uh, again, one of those things where I played maybe about a half an hour or so of it, and it was really, really good on the Switch, actually. Um, I had a hard time putting it down, but I wanted to get on to the third game that I got in, which was, um, well, I'll, I'll talk about that in a minute, but, 
Um, yeah, basically, you know, um, uh, Raiden 4, like I said, I had it on PS3, and I thought it was okay. You know, I, it wasn't, you know, super mind-blowing or whatever, but I've enjoyed the Raiden games in the past, uh, like on the, uh, let's see, Raiden Aces, what was it, uh, there was like a 360 compilation of like the first three Raiden games, and I've really, really enjoyed those. And, um, you know, this game basically retains uh, some of the features of that one. Uh, it's like when you pick up some of these different color orbs, it will change your main weapon from like a laser to um, to like the typical bullet style or whatever. And um, I think I played through the first two bosses and got up to the third stage. And I'm like, okay, you know what? This is a good stopping point, so I'm going to quit out and... and uh, come back to it a little bit later but it from what i played you know it was a really really good port of riding four and the uh, the new soundtrack was actually really really good and i kind of wish they had included like a little mini cd of the soundtrack along with it but they didn't um but again this is another one of those games where i feel like you know is I'm going to wake up one of these days and it's going to be sold out and uh riding five on on uh, the Switch. That actually did come with a mini CD, now that I think about it. I was wishing they'd do the same thing here. But um, that one, I want to say that's like north of $100 now in the uh, secondhand market. So I, I thought, you know, that's that, you know, riding for X Mikado Remix, that's just been sitting there for 30 bucks on Amazon for God knows how long. I've never seen it go on sale or anything. So it's like, well, uh, name of the show, name of the show, FOMO Zomofo. <laughs> so I just thought, yeah, what the hell, I'll, I'll grab it and avoid regret. And the last title that I picked up this week was um, another one that was on sale on Amazon. And that is Darius Burst, Another Chronicle EX Plus. And... This is a side-scrolling shmup, kind of like, um, well, like I was saying, uh, with Death Smiles and R-Types, stuff like that. And um, what's different about this is that it was an arcade port. Like, they actually had a physical arcade cabinet, and the reason why I know that is because it actually shows the real arcade cabinet when you get a game over. It says, watch your head on the way out of the cabinet. And... Um, What's different about this is that it actually used an ultra-wide display in the arcade, and that actually kind of caused some problems with the uh, the Switch version, because they basically give you two options for seeing the screen. You have the standard version, which is kind of like watching like an IMAX scene from a movie on like a typical 16.9 uh, TV, you know, black bars at the top and the bottom, and it's kind of like a smushed uh, view of the game or movie in that uh, particular example um, uh, in the middle. And, you know, it's it's kind of tricky to see. It's it's just, you know, when you're playing on the, on the screen of the Switch, it is really, really scrunched up. And you you can zoom it in but when you zoom it in it's like it only zooms into like the 169 view of the the ultra wide display so everything that would normally be shown on the ultra wide mode is like being hidden from the from your perspective uh when you have it zoomed in so you have less reaction time to shots and enemies and asteroids and whatever's flying your way. But, um, you know, it's one of those things where I, I think it's, it might end up being one of those things where I want to like it more than I actually do. Cause it, it's like, it scrolls kind of weird when you have it zoomed in. It's like, you know, it doesn't hold firm when, uh, when you're scrolling, it's like you know how when you get over to the to the uh like the right edge of the screen how it'll stop your ship from scrolling any further in a normal shmup. With this one, it's like when you scroll towards the edge, then it starts kind of moving 
forward in addition to the regular scrolling, and it's just kind of almost a little disorienting or confusing or something. And it's it just left me wanting a little bit more. Um, I, I need I'll spend some more uh, some more time with it because I mean the actual content of the game itself, the actual gameplay was actually really really good. But it's just you know not necessarily the ideal way to play this game. Unfortunately, I think the ideal way is actually just to track down one of the real world ultra wide display arcade cabinets. And pop a couple of bucks into that. But, you know, finding a Darius Burst, another Chronicle EX Plus arcade cabinet here in the States is probably going to require a pretty lengthy road trip. So, you know, I guess beggars can't be choosers. And, you know, Switch is the best way to go if you want to play this in any way, shape, or form. It's, you know... At the very least, it's convenient, even if it isn't the best way to experience this uh, rather interesting shmup. That will do it for uh, my pickups for and impressions for this week, and that will actually just about do it for this episode of FOMO's a Mofo. I would like to thank you for listening, especially if you're listening in live, because it's actually quite difficult to uh, coordinate these live streams. But um, uh, be sure to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcasting platform of choice. FOMO Zamofo is available now on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Audible, iHeartRadio Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Deezer, Podcast Addict, Podchaser, and Geosvan. And if you would feel so inclined, please leave the show a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you can leave a review for the show. Uh, it helps out greatly with the visibility of it, and you know, this is a uh, humble beginnings po- type podcast, if you will. I-, I need all the support I can to to get the show out there and get it in front of people. So, just taking a few minutes can really help the show out, and it's greatly appreciated. You can stay up to date with everything going on with the show by following the show on Twitter at FOMOZAMOFO, or you can follow my personal account at BlueSwim. That'll do it for this episode of FOMOZAMOFO. Have a great week, everybody, and happy collecting. Take care. <laughs>